The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah, yeah, you guys do not get to see me today, apparently, but uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. We had some technical difficulties going on over here. There is a God. Yeah, you're, 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 you're <laughs> all right. You just see, just see black. You, you just see my better half right now, just big black in the building. That's right. It's good morning. It's Monday, August 7th, and today is National Sea Serpent Day for all those swamp creatures that live around Gretchen. As top of National Raspberries and Cream Day. And National Lighthouse Day. And, of course, we cannot forget one of the most important ones. The, it is also National Purple Heart Day. Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on nothing right now other than YouTube. Um, and without, with all of that said and done, we're going to kick it right over to the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lamite. He loves to flip-flop. He loves to backstroke. He loves to backpedal. But, of course, he loves to change little baby Zozo's diapers. That's right. It's the dope dad himself. It's Rico Lamite. You're on mute, Rico. Thank you, Jason. Big shout out to other other dope dads out there as well. Um, so tomorrow marks the 10-year anniversary of Dr. Sanjay Gupta's Why I Changed My Mind on Weed article on CNN.com that would have changed the game forever. Prior to the written piece, uh, which was followed by a docu-series, uh, Gupta's on cannabis, medical or otherwise, had been that of a prohibitionist. Um, it took him actually seeing the benefits firsthand in Colorado with Charlotte Fi uh, Figgy. Epileptic seizures since birth at, at age three um, and having 300 per week, despite being on seven commonly prescribed epilepsy medications. Desperate for any type of relief, Charlotte's parents enrolled her in a medical cannabis regimen that reduced her seizures to two or three a month. Um, letting her live the best life possible for a child with her condition until unfortunately passing away at 13 years old, April 2020. 
Several doctors prior to Gupta had been vocal about medical benefits of cannabis, but his high profile and broad exposure set the nation on a more empathetic path toward medical consumption, paving the way for increased uh, social acceptance and arguably for adult use legalization as well. Last night, Dr. Gupta premiered Weed 7. Uh, cannabis is having a senior moment. The seventh installation on of an ongoing investigative series exploring different issues in medical cannabis where he interviews operators and patients about their experiences. Part seven explores the fastest growing consumer segment in the industry, senior citizens. Why, what, and how they're consuming and what future implications it could have on America. He speaks with 94-year-old Floridian Ken Tillman about his first dispensary visit and how it inspired him to open up his own dispensary. Also 75-year-old former Catholic school teacher Mama Sue Taylor, uh, who was known for admonishing people uh, for any sort of drug use at all, seeing it no different than heroin and cocaine, now widely known as a national uh, nas nationwide advocate for expanded access and legalization. Throughout the Doc Gupta makes the argument cannabis can help decrease the number of medications seniors are taking and totally revolutionize the pharmaceutical industry as we know it. A couple of key stats that he brought up that I thought were interesting. Since 2020, the United States has spent $4 trillion a year on healthcare, of which almost $580 billion was spent on pharmaceuticals alone in 2021. When it comes to seniors, 30% of people over the age of 65 take five or more pharmaceuticals every day. But as they have increasingly turned to cannabis instead of pills, the expectation is that prescribed medication use decreases. Though the series can at times be a bit dry uh, with many regurgitated facts and, and points that we in the cannabis industry are familiar with, familiar with, I still highly recommend checking it out if you can, if for nothing else, to see a more mainstream industry outsider point of view of how cannabis is perceived. My question is this, if senior citizens are the key to totally disrupting the pharmaceutical industry as we know it, and most of us agree that it's plants over pills all day, there's a $4 trillion pot at stake here. Huge opportunity for capitalists to cash in. We're stuck in arguments about banking, social equity, and saving the children. Why is there not greater emphasis on our world's, uh, in our world's vocal advocates um, on cannabis use for senior care? I'm Rico, let me meet the dopest dad on the street. I want to hear from you guys. Why are we not caring more about the senior citizens and bringing them uh, into the fold with these arguments? Well, I think I think a lot of people don't have amazing relationships with a lot of senior citizens. And so therefore, because they don't have a lot of relationships with senior citizens, they don't know how to interact with senior citizens. I find that to be an odd statement, since I think most of us have parents who might be in the senior citizen range and world. plenty of family members as well who would also uh, fit that bill. Um I don't see why we can't hit more on the senior citizen side. Frankly, most of the folks who I've talked to who are not familiar with cannabis are of the older generation and are asking questions and trying to figure out how they can use it. I think we need to hit up uh, seniors with a lot more education. I think the folks who start marketing to um, old folks homes and getting in there and trying to talk with people about what they need, especially down in good old Florida where they all seem to love to live. Um, I think they can corner that damn market if they wanted to. Mm. So, you know, Florida. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Back when um, I want to say 2016, 2017, back when I was um, uh, with my old company before we went public, um, Bud and Bloom out in Orange County was one of our clients. 
and we act and um, we actually helped them with the program marketing to seniors and it was the biggest boon for them like financially just like it was crazy just taking a bus out there uh, to visit the old folks and getting them out to the dispensary getting them um, uh, really acclimated with how industry uh, how cannabis is in modern times versus when they were smoking weed back in the 70s and everything like that not only was it really educational really awesome but um they became the biggest buyers mm-hmm. period like a consistent buyers um and uh, it's, it wasn't just like tinctures and pills and stuff like that they were they were in a couple of them were big dabbers uh and, and they love that shit so um it was really eye-opening to me to actually work with the senior citizens uh, at that point and to just see how much money can be made with that community and i'm surprised it really hasn't caught on uh was this uh seven years later i really don't see much like really targeting uh, senior citizens in our world. Well, I think another problem for seniors, which I know was a hurdle for my mother, uh, was convincing her doctor, who she's been seeing forever, who she's comfortable with, to mm-hmm. provide her with the recommendation because she does live in a medical-only state. Um, and so I think that is a big hurdle for a number of these folks is having their doctors on board to actually discuss it with because that's somebody they trust to actually ask the questions. Um, It doesn't surprise me, Rico, what you're saying about your past company, because I believe this generation is the crowd that was loving it back in the 60s and 70s and stuff. So they're familiar with the herb. They're just not familiar with today's current uh, products. And so I think that's where a lot of their questions are coming from and how it can be applied uh, to help them out. Uh, My mother has struggled in recently with uh, concerns with uh, I don't, how would I say, not her mental health, but her um, Alzheimer's runs in my family. And so just forgetfulness and is, are we seeing early onset signs of it? Um, and when she started doing a tincture, she was waking up clear as a bell, no issues. Right. And she's like, holy shit, this shit works. And I'm like, I wasn't making this up, mom. You can try it. I always bring so, up the story, with, I always bring up the story with, with my grandfather. Um, Really, really bad knee issues. He had any, he's really having trouble walking. And he kind of disowned me when I quit, when I quit finance and went into the weed industry. And then when we were in public, he called me up and uh, wanted me to send him some, uh, some roll on <laughs> for his knee, <laughs> for his knees. And, um, he, and he was really reaching out for education because he was wondering why his CBD, um, mm-hmm. his CBD was really wasn't working for him. You know, it was a really good, uh, good bonding moment for us, you know, and um, started dancing again. And he's like in a, he's like a weekly dancing class. Now I got a couple of girlfriends down the street. I'm loving it, man. When I, when I first got back, when I first got into cannabis, my mother said to me, like I told her, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go work for a cannabis data company. And she was like, Mary Jane. And I was like, yes, mom. And <laughs> she was like, are there benefits? And I was like, yes, they're not paying me in weed. This is a real job, pays money. And she was like, wow, that's bizarre. And she's like, okay. And she was a little nervous to tell her friends. Um, But now they're all asking me for where can they get stuff? Like, I'm a dealer. I'm like, get a medical (laughs) card. Here's a list of dispensaries. Go figure it out. I think um, Florida, as they come online, if they come online the way we think they are, um, either way, I think Florida can be a, a real game changer for uh, senior citizens in cannabis because of the elderly population out there. And, um, you know, it's easy to market to, uh, as well. 
to see the story of, of all these folks getting off opioids and seniors are great yeah. because seniors are kind of like puppies for the general public. You know, it's one thing to say that that human beings are getting off opioids. It doesn't quite tug at the heartstrings and grandma and grandpa are getting off opioids. And, you know, another personal story. It's so funny that, that people, uh, uh, so blindly in their 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 medical doctors if you look at these guys like they're just humans they're fallible most of them want to do good things but you ask them about nutrition most of them know nothing you look at their own their own physiology most doctors have a have a big beer gut and they're balding can't see and are just in in horrible shape and uh something that they never discuss with their patients is the fact that pharmaceutical reps tour around giving them all types of vacations gift cards um gift certificates to costco and or other you know even more like luxury department stores and basically are pumping all of these rewards for these doctors uh prescribing newer medications because even though there's a there's more than a, enough medications for most issues that that uh, your average human suffers uh, they're constantly falling out of patent becoming generic and and thus the profit motive just the bottom drops out and so these pharmaceutical reps have to keep getting the doctors to try the very newest slight tweak on a molecule because that one's still patented and so that company can then offer billions and billions of dollars so i think it's really important i just want to say as a human being to never blindly trust your doctor and advocate for yourself and go to the library or get on the internet and read and get off of facebook and get really into more into to to medical studies get into articles from teaching universities Make sure to advocate for yourself. My grandpa, when he was 80, was dying and couldn't string a sentence together, couldn't get off the couch. And my aunt went down to the hospital and met with his doctor at Kaiser and got the list of drugs he was on. He was on like 20 different pills. And it, it, had, it had been about a 15-year journey of heart pressure, the, the blood pressure pill, and then the pill to deal with the blood pressure side effects, and then the pill to deal with the side effects of that, and then the pill to give him energy, and then the pill to deal with the side effects of that. All of a sudden... He's literally dying from pharmaceutical overload. We got him down to, it was somewhere between two to four pills. Within a week, he had back to himself. He was playing golf. He was running around. He was laughing. He was just like full of life again. And if we hadn't have advocated for him as, as his family members, and he would have just blindly trusted his medical professional, he would have been dead years before his well, and I think that's so true. I mean, my mother, yes, she got her doctor to come around, but it wasn't till constant beating on this doctor, like, give me the recommendation, give me the recommendation, give me, and they're like, I don't know yes. anything. She's like, I don't care. Give me the recommendation. Yeah, I mean, and if you your doctor's not in the ass, you should meet my mother. <laughs> I mean, oh. and your doctor's, your doctor's not in any way in charge of you. If your mm -hmm. doctor won't work with you and work at your directive to get you the treatment you want, you can always go to another doctor, provided you have the resources, and then we get into the whole get into the whole discussion of like, do human beings who live on earth deserve medical care? Oh, I'll, I'll let's go to our next story. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, okay. I know. I, I know. Are you, Jason, are, are you, are you able to run an ad? <laughs> um, see that, that that's not, that that's a Jesse question. Jesse, Jesse, are we able to run a commercial? Let's see. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's, let, let's, see, hey. let's see. Let's see. Let's nice. see if we can run a commercial, Jesse. How's it going guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. All right. He is the industry's longest continuously operating retailer known for smoking the best weed in the world. And he's in the dark today, presumably because all of the CCTV feeds have been cut now at Mar-a-Lago. 
Y'all know who it is. Jason Beck. Oh, boy. Oh, man, Rico. Good morning, everybody. I hope you guys are having a great day. Happy Monday. It is the most important day of the week. But, oh, man, we're going to go over to Florida real quick, you guys, because the Florida marijuana legalization campaign is a true leave monopoly push, the state says. Oh, boy. A true leave cannabis corp sponsored marijuana legalization campaign in Florida is actually an effort to mislead voters into helping tightening the company's monopolistic stranglehold on the state's cannabis market, the state attorney general alleged in court filings this week. TrueLeave is the main sponsor behind the Smart and Safe Florida campaign, and the Tallahassee-based multi-state operator has contributed nearly $40 million behind the effort to put adult use legalization on the November ballot in 2024. Standing in TrueLeaf's way are anti-drug advocates, the State Chamber of Commerce, and the Attorney General Ashley Moody, all of whom are attempting to convince the state Supreme Court to declare the proposed ballot measure unconstitutional. Earlier this summer, the campaign submitted more than 900,000 signatures from registered voters, more than enough to qualify the measure, according to Miami TV station WFOR. Opponents sued to block it, arguing that the initiative covers too many subjects as well as potentially tricking voters. According to WFOR, State Solicitor General Henry Whitaker argued in court filings Wednesday that the, in quotes, carefully crafted ballot summary misleads in ways that though sometimes subtle, are likely to influence voters and to do so in a way that entrenches the sponsor's monopolistic stranglehold on the marijuana market to the detriment of Floridians, they say. In another quote, in its pursuit of a larger customer base and greater profits, TrueLeave has invited millions of Floridians to join in recklessness violation of federal criminal law whitaker continued in another quote the initiative should have been stricken he says only existing medical marijuana operators would be allowed to enter the adult use market unless the state legislature amends the state law to allow more licenses and whitaker's brief added that both true leave and smart and safe campaign pushed back calling the ballot language strict and conservative and easy to understand wfor reported and true leave operates about one quarter of florida's 475 medical marijuana dispensaries and oh man oh man oh man true leave is under some fire today in florida for their ballot initiative and this is jason beck for the high at nine news what do y'all think about this i mean isn't this yeah. what y'all were fighting over last week? I mean, I, I don't think we were fighting. I, I wouldn't think call you were that. Jason Beck. No, I never. think Ebony and Ivory were clashing. Stop the black it. and white cookie was not getting along in the belly. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You th- trying to say there was some bubble guts going on involved? Out there. Yes, there's some bubble guts going on in the room. <laughs> oh. I, I want to I do Rico's uh, follow the money. Who's paying off the uh, Florida attorney general? What, uh, what side yep. is she on? Well, she, she's currently she's, against a uh, good she, old True Leaf. Yeah, she's against True Leaf. She's a good. She is definitely against True Leaf. You know what? I'm willing to bet that she's probably just an avid prohibitionist and and is doing it just out of spite and to save the children mantra type of thing mm-hmm. and not actually getting paid off by an outside force. Or Rico, maybe, do you believe that? Maybe Project Sam is paying her. I just think that they need to pony up some more cash to Ron DeSantis's uh, presidential campaign. Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign is is washed like detergent soap. 
It's done. Over That's with. Crazy. You over can't, with. Cash on can't take uptight white Christian hate and export it nationwide and win. It's so weird, you guys. It's like it's oh, just boy. you don't hate people out here in California. I mean, maybe like along the I five corridor and there's a couple of folks in Orange County, but for the most part, just not into hating people. So you're going to have to try to get us somebody that that's not pushing active hatred. How could you hate anyone illegalization in of, of people's self expression? I am fucking amazed. Pardon my French. I'm amazed. We're back to the 50s and the 60s. Like, didn't we all agree that people can just love who they want and express themselves how they want without fear of losing their job or being harmed by another human? It's, to me, it's just like, come on, you guys. Get some of the acid with me. Take a look at the facts. We're all related. We're all a family. How do you treat your family? You love them. Let's start being nice to each other. Say no to Meatball Run. I, I, I will say, though, in the defense, this is not a good bill for Floridians overall, in my opinion. Well, it's horrible. It's horrible. But the but whole Florida system like has it? been. I'm just wondering. Hor- well, the, the Florida system's been game since the beginning. Florida was first going to have only seven permits. I was in meetings with the ex-vice mayor. I'm not going to say his name, but one of the ex-vice mayors of Orlando, Florida, some other cats down there. And they already had before even the meetings and they were going to assign the licenses. They already had a license ramp. When I saw the level of corruption, I was just like, dude, I'm not flying to Florida to like pardon in this whole thing. It's totally dirty. And so don't really be surprised by anything that's happening in Florida because the whole thing's happening in closed doors amongst people who either hold office or have held office before and the major business leaders in Florida. But are sewn up by the corporations and boy, like good old boy interests. Mm. Uh, Jason, I want to hear why you don't like the bill. Well, first of all, I don't like the bill because it doesn't allow for any new licenses. I also don't like the bill because of the fact that it does not allow for home grow. I think it's a very monopolistic type of uh, precursor for the state of Florida. And just just on those couple of points alone, I'm I'm in in inclined to vote no if I was a voter in Florida. Heard. I think I mean I think Florida was seen to become a monopoly state from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. When they started out, that was the plan. It was yeah. in meetings before they announced publicly that that was the plan, and that they already had the whole plan done. All seven licenses were already were at that point were already out. Then they went to twelve, and, uh, and, and some other folks kind of pushed in th- into the process. Right, and then uh, and then when Meatball Ron um, he came up and, and said that he's going to charge people a million dollars to re up on their license a year. I'm not mad at that part. <laughs> I'm not mad at that part. I'm totally fine with that. Who's going to be able to afford that besides True Leave? Uh, well, all the companies there, there, in Florida can others. because no. they're all big. No, all no, 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 not not all of them can. Not all of them can. Oh, but you'll have you'll have so. over over half of them. One hundred percent could could pay that bill easily. So what about oh, the other half? Just for a licensing fee? What are you going to use? What are you going to uh, have any money for anything else to run your business at all? I'm just saying. I, I I'm just saying. I don't. I I think that the cost of licenses in Florida is very cheap, and that it definitely with how the how their structure is currently operating, that they could totally use a fee increase. I'm not opposed to that. Because there's only twelve licenses. That's only twelve exactly. million bucks total. Yeah, it's only twelve gotcha. million bucks, Rico. It's not a lot of money. <laughs> okay. <Sure. laughs> yeah, it's not. Can I can I get a million bucks, you guys? It's not a lot of money. I'm gonna so throw up like, my cash app QR uh, code. Here in a minute. Being paid monthly by Burisma. <laughs> what are you saying? What, what, what are you? What, what, what kind of sideball discussion are you throwing in there now, Rico? 
I said, what was twelve million? What is that? What Hunter Biden was getting paid monthly? By oh, he was getting paid way more than that. He was getting paid bread. He was getting broke off. <laughs> plus the ten percent for the big guy. Oh, look, I'm there. Look, you guys can see me now. <laughs> oh, oh, oh look at he really that. is in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, yeah man. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Gretchen. Yeah, I see Ralph, uh, Ralph Nada in the background there uh, moving boxes. Yeah, you know, we're all about that moving <laughs> Those boxes. Those are the baby. documents right there. Those are the last documents. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Trying to build them into the walls. They took the drywall off. Codes. Just <laughs> waiting for the attorney notes. general to come by here and come grab it. Oh, my. <laughs> right, Jason, Jason's got the bathroom punch codes for all of the embassies in downtown Washington, D.C. <laughs> I actually just have a fob. <laughs> <laughs> It's a clone key card. Yes. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, it's those, you know, those little orange things that they sell on the internet. You know what I mean? Those, uh, what are those things? Those, uh, that, that, that switch up the frequency on the, everything. The, the COVID report card? No, 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 no. The, 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 the RFID thing, the little, the little orange things that they sell on the internet that can like basically <laughs> like. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Chris? Law enforcement knows what those things are. <laughs> I, I learned about that, uh, not through law enforcement, but yeah, I, I got you. I got what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm pick, picking up. Little down. Exactly. Yeah, no, I've I've watched those things work on a few people's Tesla's cars uh, that that were not theirs. So it, it definitely those things oh. definitely work. Allegedly. No, no, they definitely work. 100. percent I witnessed it with my own eyes. <laughs> All right, we're gonna keep it moving. We're gonna keep it moving. Now that I'm back. We're going to kick it right on into the spicy redheaded conservative. That's right. It's Gretchen Gailey, who loves to wear pineapples on top of dressing up her dogs in her outrageous outfits. And then she goes and parades them up and down the streets of Washington, D.C. I feel so bad for her pets. But at least right now, there's one in the back that is not dressed up in a crazy outfit. So good for him. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's the founder of Panoptic Strategies. It is Gretchen Gailey. Oh, uh, the month of August is when stories come to die in Washington, so there ain't jack going on. So I picked something in tribute to Jason Beck because this thing looked like a story that Thank I thought he would so, absolutely so love. So much, Gretchen. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. This is come coming from Willamette Week. Cannabis King Aaron Mitchell is embroiled in a bitter legal battle with owners over a sushi restaurant adjacent to a La Mota dispensary. Fuck you, Aaron Mitchell wrote to the restaurant owner. Pay me, motherfucker. Seems like a Jason Back story. Lamota owner Aaron Mitchell, whose battle with the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission and dealings with former Secretary of State Shamia Fagan, put him and his longtime partner Rosa Cazares in the spotlight this spring, finds himself in another bitter legal battle, this time with the owners of a sushi restaurant in Roseburg that shares the wall with one of Lamota's 30 Oregon dispensaries. The court battle started last fall over a sewer line in the building. Mitchell and one of the LLCs he controls sued Quang Chol Park and Young Ho Park, the owners of Ami Sushi in Douglas County Circuit Court, alleging that they had tapped into plaintiff's sewer line rather than construct and maintain their own line. As a result, Mitchell's lawsuit said the park's sewer line was depositing corrosive restaurant waste into the plaintiff's sewer line. That caused it to fail and allegedly emit a foul odor into the dispensary. The lawsuit alleged the odor caused the dispensary to lose profits amounting to $200,000. In their response to Mitchell's lawsuit, the parks asserted they had easement rights to the sewer line and had used it for more than a decade without trouble. 
The parks denied that they had improperly used the sewer line and alleged it was in fact Mitchell, who had fairly dis- unfairly disconnected the sushi restaurant from the shared line, forcing the restaurant to close for a month. That case is set for a three-day trial in November. Then on August 4th, the parks filed a lawsuit against Mitchell and his LLC o- over the same issue. They alleged that Mitchell's actions caused the restaurant financial and physical damages by disconnecting their sewer line. The lawsuit alleges Mitchell also knew and intended to inflict several severe mental and emotional distress on the Parks family and directed his outrageous actions at an immigrant-owned family business. The Parks who lawsuit doesn't specify their original nationality have operated Ami Sushi for 17 years. Their lawsuit alleges Mitchell sent repeated, rude, profanity-laced messages to mock and intimidate plaintiffs into paying money for defendants' supposed damages. Images of those text messages are below. Uh, for, and I could read through them if y'all request. Uh, Mitchell and Cazares, who emigrated from Mexico uh, to the United States as a young child, run 30 dispensaries across the state under the name La Mota. Their relationship with Fagan led to her resignation in May, a relationship that's now the subject of three investigations, two by the state and one by the U.S. Department of Justice. Two months prior to Fagan's resignation, uh, Willamette Week reported on the couple's failure to pay taxes and bills, and even as they generously contributed to the election campaigns of top Oregon Democrats, including Fagan, Governor Tina Kotek, and Senate President Rob Wagner. The Parks are asking for a trial and demanding $290,000 in damages. Mitchell and Cazares did not respond to requests for comment, and the attorney representing the parks also declined to comment. Uh, does anyone want to hear the text message? Exchange? I do. I totally uh, do. A hundred percent. Yes. Trying to reach down the basement, and your employee asked me to hold you first. These are uh, the the parks talking. Uh, Lamoda says back. I called you back. No, you cannot go into my basement until you pay me the twenty nine thousand you owe me for. Didn't you tell me to fuck off last time? Now I'm telling you to fuck off until you pay me. Did you disconnect my sewer line? I said, fuck off, pay me. You flooded my basement Kiss four times. Kiss your mom with that mouth. <laughs> you flooded my basement four times since I own the building. You're a total asshole about it every time. Now you want help? Ha ha ha. Fuck you. Hey, you cussed me out and asking money? That is what I'm understanding. I'm asking again. Did you disconnect my sewer line? Fuck you. Pay me, motherfucker. I have 29000 in cleanup receipts. If you bother my employees again, I will get you trespassed for harassment. I really don't understand this irrational business manner. Again, did you disconnect my sewer line? Then you're a total idiot. You owe me 29000 dick. I'm going to treat you the same as you treated me. What treating? Disconnecting my sewer line and cussing me out and asking me to pay? Is that what you're talking about? Hey, I've been trying to be nice. You just cuss me out and it's all about else. And what all Fs and else you know exactly what you did you flooded sewage into my basement four times now you owe me twenty nine thousand. you never paid now i won't until you pay you owe me twenty nine thousand for serve server pro cleanup plus a four days of lost revenue all about seven thousand per day if you don't connect my sewer line it's not going to be easy for you at all with my full legal right i will protect my business meantime four times flooded were not told to us and no clue those are from us either. Should be more rational. It will be good for you to reconnect my sewer line. Then tell me what happened down there. Your obstruction of my business is illegal and costs lots of money. I will see you at the civil court for this matter. Otherwise, I hope you think carefully. This is not a joke. I am not at all worried about your legal team. Fuck you and fuck them. Yeah, see you in court. Good luck with that. 
Oh boy, lots of spice over here. I, I, I actually read this article over the weekend, Gretchen, so I'm glad that you decided to choose this story. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh man, this is, this is such, such a funny, funny story. These guys, their, their sewer line floods the, floods the dispensary, and then he turns off the sewer line, and then all of a sudden, the sushi restaurant can't operate, and oh man, what a mess. And then the sewer line floods again and floods the sushi restaurant, and they have to close for over a week. Well, I, I wish they could be a little more, or at least Lamota could be a little more civil. I don't think this has to turn into fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. He's gonna be paying some civil fines. Well, the th- the thing the thing <laughs> is the thing is, is 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 to my to my impression is that the people that own the sushi restaurant are the same people mm-hmm. that actually own the building, so it's actually his landlord at the same time too. Mm-hmm. Really? No. I think so. Well, that's not I a good think plan. so. I think so. That's that's how I understood it when I read it. Now I could be wrong. I I don't want to spread misinformation. <laughs> But I don't get that impression at all. That I got, I, I, I received that impression. Why? Who gave you that impression? <laughs> huh? The, na- the name. Where's uh, the, the word landlord, landlord in any of this? The, the, there, there is in the article that I read. There was a, the thing where they were talking about the the per, the people that own and and the the name of the of the trust is Hong something something something. Um, and so that is what gave me the impression that it is the same people that own the building that own the sushi restaurant. I don't know where the hell you're coming up with this stuff, but all right. It's in the um, article that I read. It might not be the same article. Agreement is going to be very important. Yep. See what that well, what do you think, Chris? What if you were an officer and you got called into this fun uh, dispute? Not a, a civil issue, not a police issue. I'm out. You guys good? Me alone. Suck it. <laughs> anything? I'm out. I mean, here's the thing, right? You get called, as a cop, you get called to a bunch of stuff that you know before you even get there based on you know the details that like this is not a police issue. And so I think it's important, you know, you, you, you don't want to just like brush people off. People always, and I think constantly feel brushed off by, by law enforcement. So in that scenario, it is not a law enforcement issue. You got to make sure everyone's cool. Give them, you know, the time. Some people just want to vent and yell and, and all that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, this is, this is not a police issue. Gretchen, they want to see, they want to see me and you read, read, read the, read the, the read the, uh, the text messages in a, in a, in a thing. Well, who does? I know Nick does. He wants to see. He wants to see you reading one side and me reading the other side. Why? What was wrong with my wonderful depiction of it? He says he couldn't figure out who was who. Well, he can suck it. Um, we ain't got time for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys got to get a Patreon, and then you can do that on the Patreon. Be yes, like, we, can Nick, that. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Yes, we do have a Patreon, and we will maybe possibly oh, put go. a video up like Next that on the first video on, on our Patreon. Be mom and dad reading the text message threads. I mean, I, I think this guy Lamoda's got a lot of other trouble. I mean, he's got DOJ after him. He's got the state after him. Really, does he have to pick a fight yeah. over a sewer line? Come on. He sounds like he's just burning all the bridges. He's just in a score. Is he a Trump supporter? He's got to be. Hey. Everybody should be a Trump supporter. They love to pile up those indictments. They think it's a bad story. It's, it's just like ham sandwiches. It's just like going to Subway and asking for extra meat. It means nothing. Okay. Unless Jared is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? We're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. <laughs> the control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation 
at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2,600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Oh, yeah, whatever you're doing right now, make sure you hit that like button. It really helps us with YouTube's algorithm on top of making sure that you're subscribed to the channel if you haven't subscribed already. We apologize for the noise, but we are in a construction zone, and we're working to make the show better for you on a daily right now. Oh, yeah, also, too, make sure you check out our website, www.hyatnightnews.com, where you can find all the articles that we cover today on top of lots of other merchandise, different stuff, little zuzus, little wham-whams, and you can sign up for our newsletter as well. And make sure you share the show tell your friends about it because we believe that organic growth is the best growth explain to me why you can't do this from your living room you would rather be in the middle of construction zone i i, I cannot do <laughs> I this like i cannot do this in my living room <laughs> vacuuming the fuck out of that floor behind you man they're, 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 they're getting ready to polish it bro they're getting ready to polish it mm. <laughs> all right Run the oh, next classic. Run dude, the this next is going to be classic. I love this. Just wait. In a couple years, you're going to look back. Exactly, bro. You guys die. are going to love this. Exactly. The Control Tower from Hyatt 9 News invites you to join us and become a sponsor, supporter, and attendee for the second annual Envision Gala for This Is Jane Project, a nonprofit organization leading the way in advocating for trauma-informed care. This Is Jane Project offers a range of programs designed to shed light, build community, and uplift the lives of women and non-binary trauma survivors who use cannabis as medicine. Support this event that is sure to make an impact today. For more information about sponsorship opportunities, visit www.thisisjaneproject.org. Up next, he's a fellow dope dad, former police officer, and now security consultant at CC Security Solutions, here to help us all improve our chances of survival. Chris Eggers. Good morning, buddy. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. I hope everyone had a great weekend. Hope you had a great weekend. My uh, article today comes out of Marijuana Moment. New Jersey officials order police department to reinstate officer who was fired over marijuana use with back pay. A New Jersey uh, police officer was, uh, well, unlawfully fired over marijuana use and must be reinstated with back pay, according to state officials. They said that last Wednesday, adopting an administrative law judge's earlier findings. Uh, about two months after Governor Phil Murphy signed the state's cannabis legislation bill into law in 2021, the New Jersey Police Department announced a policy ba uh, barring officers from using marijuana on or off duty. Um, one officer in particular, uh, Norhan Mansoor, was among four officers who were later fired for testing positive for THC and proceeded to file suit challenging the termination. Um, the case has now been settled by the state Civil Service Commission, the CSC, which agreed to the administrative law judge, Kimberly Moss, that the firing violated state law because the city was not able to establish that the officer used cannabis on the job or was impaired during shifts. Um, Peter Paris, the attorney representing the officer, said, quote, what Jersey City is doing is the equivalent to terminating police officers because they had a beer off duty, except it's worse because there's no constitutional right to drink beer while there's constitutional right in New Jersey to consume cannabis. The commission said that Jersey City's argument that federal law preempts the state's policy was, quote, 
unpersuasive and unsupported by the facts. It also said that the department's claim that the federal ban on purchasing firearms for cannabis consumers does not apply to law enforcement as officers do not fill out the federal form um, about marijuana use in order to obtain a gun. Um, I, I find this to be incredibly interesting. I think this is going to spark a ton of dialogue. Um, the article does go a little bit further and even shows the um, state of New Jersey decision through the Civil Service Committee. Uh, it's about 16 pages long. I'm going to read it today. Um, haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I think it sparks a lot of interesting discussion um, about impairment, about search and seizure issues, and certainly about uh, the ability to own firearms. I don't think the cops in this case should be um, afforded any special privileges than, than the general public, but I think it's going to, at a minimum, spark some interesting conversations. So that's my story for this Monday morning. Thanks for allowing me to contribute. Uh, my name is Chris Eggers for the Hyatt 9 News Hour. How much back Smoke pay did weed he get? Every day. How much back pay did he get, Chris? Um, I don't think it says in the article, but it was from 2021. So, you know, I mean, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a pretty penny. He's going to get like a, like over a year's in, in back pay all in one check, right? Yeah. Yep. And I, I don't know if he's going to argue, you know, Hey, what about overtime and holiday pay and, you know, all this other stuff. I have no idea, but this is definitely going to set, uh, I don't know if it's going to set a precedent or any kind of case law. I think it's too early to tell, but certainly this is going to, uh, spark some interesting conversations, uh, for sure. I don't see how this doesn't set a precedent. I think it, I think it could. Absolutely. I mean, it, it'll see, I want to see it go final, right? First, and then I think it absolutely could become case law, but it, every state handles it differently. Every department handles it differently. And not all departments. I mean, the police departments do a lot of shady stuff to to cops. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, stop uh, it. Cops do shady stuff to cops. Right. Are you serious? Chris, Chris, well, I just mean as far as how not how an organization is run, right? Like there's there's constantly issues with like messed up pay and you know just all. It's just a very inefficient industry, extremely inefficient industry for a lot of reasons that we all know, but that does trickle down into the to the interiors of the departments as well. Hey, Chris, um, well, I, I think the, 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 the deal with this one, because Jersey City cops are required to purchase their own firearms. And uh, you know, when we uh, covered the story uh, uh, previously, it was, it was the fact that uh, they actually have to purchase their own firearms, unlike other uh, uh, police officers in the state. And they said that it technically made them uh, lie on a federal form which made them unfit for duty. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's a good, really good point. And then, uh, you know, then the argument would be like, why am I buying my own gun, I guess? But that's a really good point because well, I've never heard of that, Rico. I don't know of any, de I've never yeah. interfaced with any department that makes the, the, the officers buy their own uh, anything. That's actually kind of cool, though, isn't it, Chris? Because then, like, if you, when you get put on administrative leave or whatever, all you have to turn in is your badge and not your gun. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's one way. To, that's one way to think about it. I would think too, though, from a department standpoint and a city standpoint, I want to have. I wouldn't want officers to go out there and get their own guns and modify them in a way that you know. Now I've got uh, a heavy lift to like certify every single gun, right? That's why I think it's more efficient to like hand out a gun. You know what? You know what that gun's going to be, and you know the specs of that gun. Um, I'm, I'm not. The deputies are rocking a 50 cal. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, bro. If you get to if you get to buy your own gun, bro, I'm going to get like some like fully years. automatics and <laughs> popping off. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> just I keep my like the headlights in my car so they pop out. It's <laughs> gonna get a Gatling gun from the trunk of my car. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> What's the scene in uh God, is it Jonah uh help me out? Oh, um Four Dogs <laughs> goes to the trunk. Oh yeah, like Reservoir Dogs. Yes, yes, like Reservoir Dogs. Yes, that was an American classic right there. Well, not Reservoir Dogs. It was um, it was Jonah Hill, uh, set in Miami. Help me out. And they oh, what? Super bad, and they're all shooting off guns. Oh no, no. I think it's called War Dogs. Um, they oh, sell. Where they are the war the weapons guys. Yep, and and not the Nicolas Cage version movie. Although I'm Him and Miles, uh, Miles Teller is the other actor. Yeah, Miles Teller, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Gretchen Cheese. I like movies. I'm just oh, how cute. She likes movies. Shut up. Suck it. What did you watch this weekend? What did you watch this weekend, Gretchen? Did you put something on the Netflix queue? No, I was watching some. I actually watched a uh, series in uh, Apple. Uh, the one with Tom Holland, Crowded Room. It's all this crazy. It's weird. There's a lot of people yeah, in the movie. He's like in some intense uh, uh, gay sex scenes in that. He is. Uh, yeah, and they're, about that. it's about uh, split personalities and stuff. Yeah. And he's, it's also oh, like one of his personalities is straight and the other ones. Yes. Well, one yeah. of his personalities is a woman. So she thinks she's having straight sex, but it's really him. So it's gay sex. Does that make sense? That's just way too yeah, way too weird for me. That's on TV right now is Jury Duty, hands down, outside of Seinfeld. Okay, all right. Yeah, Jury I Duty. Catch, uh, I got to catch uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this week. Came out on Friday. Oh. So I was busy. I'm right there Everyone's with you. Telling me to watch the Gorgeous Gems or something. The Righteous Gemstones. Righteous Gemstones. Oh yes, that show is so good. That show is so good. That show is a winner right there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. You guys, you guys yes. know what the best thing to watch on TV right now is? What? It's, it's learn how to play music. The universe is a song made of music. Geometry is a is a spatial representation. Mass. Music. Oh is a t- yeah. Is a, yeah. Is you a, know what? And with that, we're gonna roll into the immortal count himself. <laughs> That's right. It's Matthew Saint Germain. He is <laughs> the immortal count that has been walking and talking on this land for thousands upon thousands of years, but yet still. Looks like he's in his late 30s. That's right. It is none other than the Matthew St. Germain. Best show on TV is uh, High Nine News. Oh, snap. I'll agree with that. When you you play music. You can see me, Gretchen. We fixed that. I've got my own technical difficulties. I don't have my other computer. My printer wasn't working, so I'm going to be reading off my... Article, though, about uh, these mushroom churches... Know, that are popping up in in the Bay Area, others they're setting up shop in San Francisco, giving residents the ability to buy illegal hallucinogenic drugs. Storefront locations, and for now at least, these politicians and agencies don't appear to know how to respond. At least two churches selling mushrooms seem to have opened in the city this year. Hyde Door with a Z, an Oakland organization expanded into San Francisco with a Soma location in April. And there's also the Living Church, a lower Knob Hill storefront that started marketing magic mushroom sales on Instagram in June. Church openings came after a Hate Street storefront was raided, raided in December of last year on suspicion of selling magic mushroom. Store's owner was charged with three felonies related to the alleged sales, leading to condemnation from Supervisor Dean Preston, whose district includes Hate Ashbury. 
and I'm having a trouble today. Preston questioned why the San Francisco Police Department chose to use extensive resources on a drug bust for substances he considers to be lowest priority. Felony case is still pending, according to Deputy Public Defender Lila Wolf, who is representing owner. Uh, both California law and federal law consider psilocybin and psilocin as illegal substances. Psilocybin is also still illegal in San Francisco, although reform efforts have advanced in recent years, including a 2022 resolution passed by the Board of Supervisors that supports the use of, of drugs like psilocybin and asks law enforcement to not prioritize punishing people who use these mushrooms that contain the substance. Resolution, though, is not legally binding. At the state level, California Senator Scott Weiner, a Democrat from San Francisco, has proposed reform efforts. This year, he proposed a law that would effectively legalize the use, possession, and cultivation of these mushrooms. For the time being, Zydor and the Living Church's best justification might be centered on a religious exemption carve-out. Federal law does give certain religious groups the right to use illegal drugs for spiritual reasons, uh, like Unio de, de Vegetal and Centodime. According to Graham Pechenik, a San Francisco-based attorney who specializes in cannabis and psychedelic law, three churches across the country have won the right to use ceremonial psychedelics, the one being the Native American Peyote Way Church. He was careful to caution that it's hardly an all-encompassing outcome for all. Uh, the article goes on, but I, I don't want to dive into my phone forever. Uh, leave it to say Zydor was also busted in Oakland, and they have a case pending there. Uh, on, on one hand, I, I'm down for whatever carve-out uh, it takes for us to have the freedom to uh, exercise our sovereignty of our mind and use whatever substances we wish. It's kind of hypocritical to have a church that's really just a mushroom dispensary, but you know, uh, you got to do what you got to do. I'm really interested in, in hearing what y'all have to say uh, about this uh, emerging trend in legalized psilocybin containing mushrooms. I don't oh, yeah, think I'm interested to in hear what Chris Eggers got to say about this one. Any, I can tell you, I can tell you right now. So I was in, there was a church in, the Tenderloin district where I was a footbeat officer uh, while I was there that uh, allegedly was, was selling cannabis. No one cared, like couldn't care less. I walked by that place like 50 times a day. I promise you, or I don't promise you. I think in my opinion that any enforcement within the SFPD is not from the officers themselves. It's a directive from the top. So um, easy way to prove that is, you know, any enforcement on, you know, the, the church in San Francisco, you can pull an incident, number um anytime a law enforcement activity occurs there's an incident number and then to see how that incident was generated i think will tell us um how the enforcement was uh directed or who it was directed by and in the case of the church selling cannabis um when i was there it was the captain at the time directed somebody from uh her captain staff to go and cite them for something and the the I know the officer, he's like, I don't want to do this, but I'm like ordered to go do this. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, why does anyone really care? So when they talk about law enforcement um, enforcement, I think it's important for people to, to understand that it's not, you know, it doesn't always mean that it's just like working beat cops, you know, that are like going out of their way. It's probably a directive from uh, a captain or somebody higher. And then that will come from the mayor's office. That's typically how that works. And of course, then the mayor's office gets to sit back and say like, you know, they, they don't have to be involved at all because that was just a phone call and there's no record of it. But it happens all the time. Well, uh, Chris, also, too, I mean, it could it could be coming from the actual detectives that, that are running the uh, narcotics division. I mean, I remember uh, Marty Halloran and I don't remember the other guy's name, but used to be uh, the main main narcotics detectives in San Francisco. I mean, they 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 called they, they called for enforcement on a number of different cannabis dispensaries in the very, very early days, um, even when Terrence Hallinan was the D.A. and would not prosecute anybody. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, if you're following up to date of what's going on with SFPD's narcotic unit right now, there's, uh, you know, an officer in the news for having um, uh, allegedly an inappropriate relationship with a CI. It's it's like kind of new. So uh, have fun Googling that. Hold on, that, bro. So he, I mean, was having, he was having the tweakers. He was, having, he, he was having inappropriate actions with the tweakers, you're telling me. Ew. She. She, she. She was. She was. Hold on. There's a female cop that was having this done? Look at SF Standard, SF Gate, KTV News. They've all reported Oh, man. It. I'm going to no, please, please text me a link to this. I cannot I wait think, to check I this think, out. Arguments, oh, Jason loves to see a lady cop with a libido. <laughs> I think arguments can be made that uh, all CI interactions are inappropriate. <laughs> Word. I mean, I'm not mad at that point. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Rico. Hey, here's a shovel. Can you dig it, fool? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are funny, you got, bro. You got something, you got something to, to close us out today, uh, Jason? Yep, I got I got one more story for you guys. Yes, yes, yes. Here you I go, do. Gretchen. He has time for it. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, Gretchen. Gretchen, big old hater, Gretchen. It's all right. <laughs> Mahoman store is shut down for alleged illegal cannabis sales. A store in Mahonan, Michigan, or excuse me, Mahonan, Minnesota, that was allegedly selling cannabis illegally was shut down on Wednesday, according to the White Earth Nation. The dispensary that was shut down is separate from an operation authorized by White Earth tribal officials, which started selling marijuana for adult use purposes this week. A statement from White Earth officials said no one can produce or sell cannabis on the reservation without a license issued by the White Earth Medical Cannabis Control Commission. In a quote, the commission is authorized to issue a notice of seizure to any person or entity that is found to possess or sell illegal cannabis. The commission will seize and destroy any illegal cannabis within the exterior boundaries of the White Earth Reservation, a statement from the White Earth Band of Minnesota Chippewa Tribe said. Regulating cannabis sales is a matter of safety, said White Earth Nation Chairman Michael Fairbanks. And in another quote, he says, the reason White Earth Nation takes care to regulate cannabis is so that so that one is is hurt and uh, basically he's saying so that no one is hurt and no one is harmed and so everyone is satisfied and happy with the product at our dispensary he said fairbanks went on to say that white earth may work with tribal members interested interested in the cannabis industry and we need to do a lot of education with people first he said Man, oh man, oh man, there was a little trap shop that opened up in Minnesota already and the tribes just snuffed them out. What do you guys think about this? I wonder, I mean, I want to see who was running this shop. <laughs> like you try to set up a trap shop on the reservation. Yeah, right, on the reservation. Like, this, like, cool. yeah. this is like trap inception going on right here. <laughs> man, bless their hearts. And you see that the tribe has their shit together way more than any of the the, the mainstream legal outlets trying to shut down things in uh, outside of the reservation. Got to give props to that. Exactly, bro. bro. This, this 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 thing went fast for them. Like they, I don't even think they were open almost twenty four hours, bro, and they're already shut down. <laughs> I mean, they Out just respect though. They they just started legal sales. What just last week, right? Uh, technically, they legalized last week, but um, anything that's non-reservation sales won't be happening until late 2025.
That's that, that, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, I think it started on the first. So yeah, like this this, this story couldn't have. Yep. This it's only the seventh now, bro. And we're reading this story, and so got they, him. They, yeah, they they weren't they weren't open more than a week. I can't. I can't wait to, uh, to holler at uh, Rochelle Gordon on this one. See what she th- <laughs> see what she thinks. See if she has more I- intel off the ground on this one. I just I just feel like the uh, the 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 New York uh, enforcement division needs to hire this tribe to do all their enforcement in New York because it seems like they're actually pretty good at it. Uh, there, there was a there was a major push for uh, um, uh, tribal dispensaries in New York as well. Gretchen, did you? Have any uh, insight on that? What about it? Did they actually open? Are they uh, going? I believe there are some. They're in upstate New York. More. There's the Oneida tribe up there. I'm trying to remember who else was uh, pushing hard on it. Um, I don't know much more. That'd be interesting. I mean, we could see an entire parallel market where. You know, all this uh, retail and mainstream, or I'd say mainstream and non-reservation America gets all shut down. That goes to uh, um, uh, Schedule 3 pharmaceuticals, and then everybody just goes to the reservation, gets the, gets the good shit. That'd be sweet. That I, would happen. I, I like that, that. That would happen. They, they would definitely uh, control the marketplace. That'd be a win. Yeah, but then you'd have all the cops that just sit outside the reservation waiting to pull people over all the time. It'd be like a little death trap. Mm. Chris is like, yeah, mm. right. Mm. Ain't, ain't that what would happen, Chris? Jason, you're not wrong. See what I'm saying, guys? See what I'm saying? Entrapment at its finest. Entrapping the trap. Exactly. All right. well, got Everybody one, grow uh, weed, overgrow the system. What do you think about? What do you think about that, Saint Germain? On, just man. think everybody should grow weed. Grow a four lighter if you can. Grow an eight lighter in your garage. Grow a few plants in the backyard. Trade weed with your friends for food. Give away, give away cannabis. Rick Simpson oil. Give it to sick people. The the uh, Pandora's box has been open. You can never fit the thing back inside. It's one of those mat like one of those old mattresses you get from Costco, dude. It's done. Just everybody grow <laughs> weed. We'll we'll get to where we're going eventually. Oh man, oh man, oh man! I'm with I'm with you, Matthew. I'm, it's definitely they, they. It's too much sand to shovel it all back in the ocean. That's for sure. Yeah, how's it gonna? Thing is, bro, we've been doing this weed thing since there was guys with machine guns and Darth Vader masks yep. coming to fucking destroy our lives and kill our dogs and put us in prison. Now it's people with clipboards and and computers. It's a lot less scary. It's 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 done. It's like you really want us to take you guys seriously. It's fine. It's fine growing cannabis try to learn to grow mushrooms if you can some mushrooms in nature breathe and connect with the tree Take a moment uh in in your day day-to-day life to just slow down and breathe and feel yourself feel who you are feel feel your connection with or something <laughs> yeah. man i don't know i was in portland all weekend can you tell it, it sounds you don't like have it. dreadlocks though man it sounds like it i mean i mean i would expect i i would have expected a few more uh cuss words out of you uh judging by gretchen's story since you were just up there in oregon too <laughs> I was in I was in Portland proper and it's it's a very it's a very kind little place for them. Very kind little place, huh? They don't they don't they don't cuss at their sushi sushi chefs. I like everybody's, Portland. They got great everybody's sushi. Everybody's nice up there, bro. They have mm-hmm. good sushi, they have great food, great coffee, everybody's really nice. Shout out to Voodoo Donuts. You know, they uh, got Voodoo Donuts. Portland. And they got loud. They got two things. They got loud, love our weed daily. Uh veteran owned Jesse Horton doing things. That's right, Jesse Horton owned. They have Baller ass weed, and they were like, 
they were out of what I wanted, but uh, they were just really awesome guys. I had great conversations with them uh, through their incident, yada, yada. We're going to link up next time I'm up there. And they also, in Portland, they have Archive Seeds, Archive Seed Bank. Uh, they made the rainbow belts, the moon bow. There's a there's a huge list, and they have they have great seeds, great flower. They're kicking ass. If you want to see how somebody in the legal game is doing it right, go to Portland. Buy flower from those two businesses. Look at it. See that it can be done. Heard it here first. Port- Portland's pretty much known for their strip clubs, I thought, though. I heard they have the most they strip clubs, strip clubs than anywhere. Than anywhere else in the world. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't see a single yeah. one, though. <laughs> I also wasn't looking. Things that out of Rico and, and St. Germain. So I think it's true. Must be true. It's, <laughs> it's true. But uh, thank you all for joining us today for another episode of I at Nine News. You can catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love and getting their comments live on the big screen in the live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in for the conversations of love every single day with us. Our Reddit correspondents tuning in from all over, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table. To our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, and all our sponsors, for the most part, keeping the lights on. But, you know, Jason uh, had to hide a little bit of things. You know, he was doing some things with Ralph Nada today, but it is what it is. I'm blaming it on Hunter shout Biden. Simone. Big shout out to her, holding us down on the other platforms. And um, always Cannabis Sativa L, the reason that the Hyatt 9 News team reads these headlines every single day. Thank you. It has been Monday, August 7th, 2023. The show is over and you've all been blessed with today's top industry headlines. Hope was enough to put in your pipe and smoke at least until Tuesday. I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street for Hyatt 9 News. Chris Eggers, is he still here with us? Who we got? Still here. Who we got? I'm still here. What you got for us today, my man? Happy Monday. Be kind to one another. That's it. Go out there, do some good. Yeah. <laughs>